Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. All right, we're back with the death lineup. Uh, we got a couple things coming this weekend, so this should be a pretty fun episode, including uh, when teams can negotiate with free agents uh, who are not their own, which begins tomorrow uh, on a Friday sometime. What is it, like noon or something like that? Yeah, and speaking of, we just got Woj bombed, Harrison Barnes extension with the Kings. Oh, there you go. Yeah, what did you think about also think about the James Harden thing? Uh, Jesus, stuff doesn't <laughs> even like it doesn't even like it. Players don't know anything to, to franchises. I'll, I'll always kind of like stick by that, but it's just like this guy just keeps bouncing around so much for someone who's supposed to be, you know, like an all time great him, KD, Kyrie, all three of them just have bounced around since the whole Brooklyn Nets fiasco. Well, they believe that they can be better GMs for themselves than GMs can be for their team. Uh, I I mean, you know, he only signed a two-year deal originally, so it's not like he signed a five-year deal and was then asking to be traded. Um, you know, so it was either he opts in and they can trade him, or he opts out and then he can go somewhere else, right? Like, that, think, was, yeah. that, was that his calculus? Yeah, yeah. He wants to opt in and then get traded somewhere else. And I guess the team that gets him can't extend him. So he'd, um, he'd be a free agent no matter what. So it's like a total bet on yourself thing, I guess, for a championship. But like, it's like, uh, what's the saying where, you know, you try things. So the insanity, what, what, mm-hmm. what my mom always says is, mm-hmm. is doing things, the same thing every time, expecting a different, different result, result. Yeah, is insanity. It's like he just went to the Brooklyn Nets to try to win a ring. And granted, I guess... Reports say he didn't totally want to go there, but they wanted him there. But he gets there. KD's kind of entering that injury-prone phase of his career ever since going down against the Raptors. Kyrie doesn't want to get a shot. So you just don't have two two of your stars already are just like unreliable in terms of expecting 65-plus games out of them in the regular season. Um, You know, what happens in that uh, playoffs is that James Harden and Kyrie both go down in that 2021 playoffs. Now he wants to go to a Paul George and Kawhi Leonard team, two guys who weren't available in the first round of this past playoffs. It's the same thing. They're going to be great on paper. They're probably going to be great in the games they play together in the regular season. But the question is always going to be, are they going to be able to play together? And same thing with KD going to the Beal and Devin Booker thing. It's like these past few championships that we've watched starting since like the Raptors, 
have relied more on depth than they had star power. And I feel like we're, we're more into that phase where the super teams aren't going to be as good as they used to be because of the availability in the regular season. Like one of the lessons I, I learned in this past regular season that I keep saying and saying again is how important availability is and expecting 65 plus games out of 85% of your roster because of the continuity and, and chemistry you build with those guys, knowing your rotations is a, is a big thing going into the playoffs, but also not digging yourself into a hole for the playoff seating. And I feel like the Warriors and Lakers are both fighting an uphill battle because they were so low in the seating. Same with the Miami heat going to the finals. Like that home court advantage is, is definitely important. And, you know, I think just building these super teams with not having depth in today's NBA is probably not going to work. So I'm, I am interested to see who Phoenix gets in their depth for their bench. I kind of do like the Clippers assuming, you know, I think the, 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 the trade report is, Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, and picks. So if they get to retain Terrence Mann, who's a guy who you can pencil in for 75-plus games a season, Bones Highland, who might not be as valuable in the playoffs, but at least a regular season scorer, you know, they do are able to retain a couple of the guys that I liked from their their roster. But again, they were like a pretty old roster Mm -hmm. outside of those two guys. So, you know, we'll see. But again, uh, I think, you know, you look at the championship, the, the Raptors, the Lakers, even with AD and LeBron in that bubble season had, like, had a really good roster on paper mm-hmm. with Alex Caruso, and the depth they had. Yeah, that's um, why when the that's why when the Bradley Beal thing happened, I was like, so what? <laughs> like, the, no, what did you say? You said something actually was pretty good that you, you're, you said, like all these guys, all these new GMs are are building their teams like it would they they have 2K for one year. And yeah, like putting everything. You, in yeah, you they don't care really about care about the next seven years because you're not going to be there so all you need to do is get the owner to approve of of trades that kind of sacrifices the future because it is better for you as the current gm to win now than to try and build because building often is just much harder if you can trade for these stars but the thing about it is like let's look at when's the last super team to win a championship it's got to be the kd warriors in uh, 2018 since then like you said, the Toronto Raptors, who they were able to get Kawhi, but you know Kyle Lowry, not a super team, and Fred Van Vliet and and Pascal Siakam was kind of early in his in his days, and then the Lakers they had the two big the two big guns, and then they had a lot of depth, and then uh, the, Bucks. The, the Bucks similar, uh, you know the Bucks if if you um, I, I think they had they had a, a super one and then two really 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 high quality second and third guys in, in Drew and Middleton. But then it but then the Warriors again, people are like, you know, people tell me, oh yeah, Clay, Steph, and Draymond. And I was like, how about Steph? <laughs> how about Steph? Like you you're you're thinking that this is t- uh, 2015 all over again. It's really Steph. So uh and then you know and then this last year Jokic he's the the straw that stirs the drink. Uh, Jamal Murray definitely a great uh, Robin to the Batman, but no, I don't think anyone considers uh, Jamal Murray a top ten player in the NBA. So that I don't think that you know that they're they're kind of going the other way with what has worked of late, which is kind of funny to me. But uh, all right, like well, we're going to talk about Draymond's free agency. We're going to talk about the Warriors' free agency. But I did want to, you know, this Chris Paul and this draft stuff kind of just happened upon us for our last show. So have you had some time to think more about 
the Chris Paul fit on the Warriors? And and do you have any other thoughts that we didn't have from the last podcast? Uh, I've had more time to think about it, but I feel like I was pretty high on the idea that you were essentially replacing Chris Paul with Jordan Poole based on what we saw from Jordan Poole in the playoffs where he was a minus. I think my only questions, which still remain the same questions, is who's going to replace Jordan's availability in the regular season. And, you know, there's still a lot of holes that need to be filled in in the free agency for this Warriors team. But I I think along the lines of like, you know, betting on Rick Celebrini and and to to keep CP healthy, um, you know, CP plays like 32 minutes per game on every team he's been since CP yeah, he does, is a and guy, he doesn't need to do that. Hopefully on the Warriors. on the Warriors, Exactly. He needs 50, 20, 20 to 25. Um, and you know, CP like, like Steph said it, like his track, his track record going from Houston, obviously the Houston team that the Warriors saw a lot and they were built to beat the Warriors. He goes to OKC and we pencil that team in as okay, a bottom five team. And then he makes them a playoff team. And then he goes to Phoenix and takes a team that hadn't been to the playoffs in forever, makes them go to the playoffs. So this guy has a track record for winning. And I can't imagine, like, I know, like, I get all the pushback. And I think my initial reaction, too, was like, wow, that's all we got. And I think that's just where I stand is that I feel like we could have gotten more. But, you know, but, if you I, just but take... I told you what it was. They didn't think Jordan Poole was worth the money that they were going to pay him. And that yeah. came out in Tim Kawakami's piece that he just wrote. But, you know, you know, in reading that piece. Mike Dunleavy, shady, shady, shady. I got to read it. I haven't read it. Oh, it's it's really good. But basically, Tim says that they had pretty much decided that they were going to move away from Jordan. And so they had offers from other teams, but then they really liked the CP opportunity. And it just so happened that the Wizards were, were also in on Jordan. But that was Dunleavy on the day that he joined the team saying Jordan's going to be here for four years. And so you can imagine how frustrating it might be for players, unless the agent was already notified. Now, if the agent is notified and they know that Dunleavy is using this to, to try and get Jordan somewhere else that he may want to be, then they're both in on it. Then, okay, then maybe it's a little bit less shady, but if this was a surprise to Jordan, I think that that's kind of, a little shady, um, but also we talked about this, like Slater had written that piece not that long before that, which said that everything, every sign that they've seen says that they are still in on Jordan. And then that trade happened. So there was, there was pat, def- pat on the back, pat myself on the back, man. I told you in this podcast, I said, I did not believe that. Well, you, so. yeah, you said that you thought Kaminga would be on the team uh, longer than Jordan would be on the team. So yeah. your hunch on that was was right on the money. But yeah, that whole the just the way like that's kind like people have not really talked about that. Like none of the uh, plus minus guys, you know, have really talked about Dunleavy's comment and then what happened after that outside of kind of like joking about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I you know, may, maybe that's part of the dog that Joe Lakeup liked in in Dunleavy, you know, in his first days on the job or whatever. Dunleavy also said that Pud- Pajemski was like top like seven on their board. Yeah. And I don't buy that like at all. Like if you were, if you were to give the, you know, if you looked at the Warriors board yet, they technically have to put everyone up there because like if Wembenyama falls, of course they're, well, if Wembenyama falls, it means he 
like had some crazy injury, I guess. But well, but no, there's uh, no the way. Villanova kids right sitting there for everybody, and everybody just passed. Them. I still think they should have went for him. I think I think them and Miami, like like this guy Miami just drafted Jaime Jaquez, I believe his name is. Yeah, it's like buddy. If if Damian Lillard finally says something, like you're a Portland Trailblazer, and and Cam Whitmore is a more appealing trade asset than Jaime Jaquez, unless Portland, unless he's, unless Portland's medicals say different, right? Portland employed Gary Payton and made him keep keep playing. The Warriors caught Portland on failing on missing a medical. I promise they'll miss this one. <laughs> <laughs> but same with the Warriors is that Cam Whitmore's a, a, a tastier trade asset. So I just. I probably would have went best player available. We'll see. I hope I hope Pajemski's good. And I I do like him. Again, I've said it. I went and watched Maxwell Lewis and left being like, oh, I like Pajemski. So I, I, I'm happy we have him. But I still would have probably went best player available for the trade asset and guarantee and get someone who's for sure going to play on this team this year. Have we decided on a death lineup nickname for Pajemski? Because uh, our buddy Ben Cruz wants B-Pod. <laughs> But, but I, I like Poge. Well, that when he's bad, that's what we'll call yeah. him. Yeah. But I, I kind of like, uh, you know, you said Woj bomb. I like Poge, but it's actually Poj. I, I wish it was uh, Poj because then we just call him Poj. Uh, but yeah, we're going to see him and we'll talk about the summer league stuff in a bit because we're going to go. We'll be at the California Classic on Monday in Sacramento. Yeah. Are you ready to sit through three basketball games, by the way? I'm so excited. It'll be like my it'll be like my warm up for for Vegas. I know. I have how, to watch like 10 basketball games. How many? Uh, yeah. How many games do you think you're going to see? I have no clue. Actually, I haven't done as much research as like what I, what to expect. I'll probably do that in the next in the coming days. By the way, big big uh, big Leo has a has a comment that you know we, we probably should bring up. You know, it is this CP3 thing is definitely about chasing a title, and if something happens, an injury, uh, you know, the Warriors are just not good anymore. Um, something happens with Draymond's free agency, like that. What he says is the the uh, he'll be traded by the deadline if the experiment fails. Yeah, because they'll get out of under his contract and he will have a very uh, his contract in of itself is attractive because of the idea that there's a team option and then you could just not do the team option and then his contract is off your books. I think so. this this that will tell how prideful Mike Dunleavy is right because all all reports um, lean towards Mike Dunleavy being like a Jordan Poole guy behind the scenes while he wasn't a GM, then he becomes a GM. And what we think, what I think he traded 75 cents to the dollar mm-hmm. and, and got less for Jordan Poole. And if he trades CP at the deadline, I mean, that's probably going to, he's probably going to lose that trade. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I wonder how, I wonder if he does that, if, if it's like, if it's, if it's so clear and we could tell that this is just not going to work if CP and, and God forbid, and Steph are both start the season, like missing 30 games, you know, like this is obviously a failed experiment. And I, I, I do wonder like what type of GM Dunleavy would be in terms, because I mean, uh, uh, Myers took the sunk cost on, on Wiseman, got rid of him for GP, you know, I'm wondering how many people would have done that. Yeah. And you know, if you do trade CP, like you said, by the deadline and you give up on this trade, the Jordan Poole stuff and, and Jordan Poole's playing good basketball. Oh, man, that's going to be want, bad times. I want Jordan to drop 50 on us, but I want us to win. 
Like I just I've, I like I saw a clip of Marcus Thompson talking to a few other people I follow on social media, and he was just like, they did this guy dirty. Like they just did this guy dirty by sending him to Washington, and, <laughs> and I, I just feel so bad. Like I keep thinking about it. Did like, you listen to? I don't. The, I, I feels like Jordan Bill Simmons podcast, the Bulls one. Yeah, I think so. I think he yeah. said he said that uh, Jordan Poole's going to enjoy himself in Chocolate City. <laughs> Now, will they win? Probably not, because they're no. they're going to bottom out more than likely. But just as a lifestyle, like you could get traded to worse places, true, than DC, right? Especially for somebody who's young and somebody who's building his brand and somebody who's uh, trying to become a uh, the next, you know, the next young, really good player. Like I think it's a good place for him. I just hope that he thinks of it less as a I got to get 30 and more as a I want to get my numbers, but I need to make my team better. Because I think when he's point guard Jordan, he is so much more of a benefit to the overall team. Sometimes you need him to be, uh, you know, scoring Jordan and and he kind of looks everybody off and and goes the whole. But I, I like point guard Jordan when he does have that mindset of, you know, getting guys involved. I think he's he's he can be a really good player. So I'm rooting for him as well. I don't want to see that guy fail. I, I love that guy. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Draymond. Uh, what? Now it's. I mean, everything sounds like he's coming back. Like the, the, this seems like a foregone conclusion. But sometimes when you think about foregone conclusions, you kind of kind of scare yourself. It's like, oh, it's too easy. It's can't. You know, what if and. You don't want to be caught off guard, right? You don't want to be caught off with the news of, you know, all of a sudden Draymond is agreeing to sign with somebody else. But is there a team out there that makes absolute success for Draymond? Because I cannot find one where I'm like, okay, if the Warriors do play hardball with him, there's a great plan B out there for him. Like, I know people say, you know, he's going to talk to Dame or whatever. Yeah, but... He doesn't like the whole thing about the Warriors over the last uh, 10 years is that they owned Portland. Like how many times do those guys crack on CJ McCollum on his own podcast about <laughs> how they just owned Portland? Like he's not going to go to Portland. They they just beat Sacramento and Sacramento was the three seed and Sacramento was high bravado and the fan bit, and they just went into Sacramento and beat them in the first round of playoffs. He is not going to Sacramento. Is there a team that you think would possibly be a fantastic fit for him? Dallas, is, I guess, is the other one there that if if they have the yeah, money and, you, and, and him you and know, Kyrie. You know my argument there. Lucas Tuchubby? No. Luke <laughs> <Well, laughs> and Draymond are like the same body type. Um, not that either, not that Draymond's chubby, Draymond's solid, but they have like the same fit. Um, no, it's that Draymond needs the basketball. And when you have Luca and Kyrie playing, uh, you know, my turn, your turn, Draymond's Draymond's going to do nothing offensively for that team in, in those scenarios. Yeah. Um, I think those guys I need the basketball and that effectively shuts down what Draymond could do if he cannot be the creator yeah i mean the warriors are like the far and away best fit for draymond like they've built their whole style to fit like all three of them and and 
you know, Stephen Clay moving off the ball while Draymond brings it up to maximize Draymond on offense, maximize Stephen Clay on offense. Like everything's just made to maximize those three. The Warriors make the most sense from a fit perspective, every perspective, really. I think for Draymond. The only thing I think that makes any sense for his strengths. Like if you're thinking of, because here's another way to look at it. Let's say Draymond to play, uh, how old is he? 33. Let's say he wants to play four more years. He is going to be a lesser version of himself every year, more than likely, just because of athleticism. So when players get older, they have to uh, become, you know, sort of a little bit more of like a one skill set kind of thing. So what does that become for Draymond? All of a sudden, is he your power forward exclusively who plays on the second team and is your main defender or your main rebounder? But that's not even his best skill, which is the ability to go out and dribble and you know and take the basketball and and, and uh, create with it. So you're you're telling me that on some of these other teams he becomes a one-dimensional player, and really, unless um, I can't think, you know, Dame is Dame is probably the the next comparison, but. You need somebody to be able, who is your best player, to be able to play off the basketball in order to incorporate Draymond into the team offensively. And that's Clippers. Steph. Clippers. If the Clippers had money, like Paul George and Kawhi, hypothetically, could play off the ball. If they don't get James Harden, <laughs> there's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Yeah, you know, uh, Draymond could find those guys and, and help get them buckets. But then you have three guys, six, eight and under who are, you know, your your three best players. And, and now you as a team become sort of one dimensional when you need, you know, the reason why Draymond and Steph work so well is because Draymond's in the front court. Steph is in the back court. You even up, you even that up. And, and Steph is just the you know, the unicorn of all unicorns. Like I was even thinking like jaw could Dre play with jaw. Well, jaw can't shoot that well. So it's not as good of a fit. Like Steph is the perfect compliment to Draymond green's game. And I don't know if you saw, do you see the comment about, uh, 
uh, at, at the, uh, the the golf thing that they're doing today. When because Dr- Draymond was yeah Draymond was was doing the announcing or oh, doing the interview. Draymond compared Draymond compared Steph to Barack Obama, and he said, "You guys <laughs> won't get this one, but it makes sense." <laughs> and he said, "I'm going to make a bet, and even if I don't win the bet, these guys are more richer than me, so they're going to pay my bet." Like <laughs> that, like that's teammates and that's camaraderie. Like he's, I don't think he's going anywhere. And if he did go somewhere, it would be a big, big shock. Yeah. And I could only imagine it would be because. The Warriors he, disrespected him with the number. Well, n- not even that, just that his value of his own worth is just way different from their value. That's the, I that's just, the only way. I just don't think that for him, it's as much of the monetary as it is like the respect of like making more than like Jordan Poole or something. Like, I think one, they don't make that CP trade unless they have Draymond it penciled in, you know, coming back. It, like it was an unspoken ultimatum. That's why I said that I thought Kaminga would stay longer than Jordan Poole because it was an unspoken ultimatum that it was a you or me, Draymond or Poole. You couldn't have both on the team next year. It was one or the other. And if you wanted to compete, it was going to be Draymond. So that's why I don't see him leaving. But I think for Draymond, it's, yeah, the I feel like the monetary value isn't as important as like the, as like the value of what he, yeah, like you said, like what he thinks he's worth versus what the team thinks he's worth. Like it's been talked about. I forgot. I think, I think Slater mentioned it recently, but this guy's lined up for like a media deal, like oh. right when he's done. And he's, he's the guy's going to make a lot of money in his career. Well, I don't think the money's as important for him as the number of like, here's what I'm making. This is what I'm making compared to the rest of the players. That's where I think I should be. And, and that's really what the podcast is for. The podcast is a weekly opportunity to market all of the things that he is going to do and that he wants eyeballs on. That's why you do the podcast is you want that ability to tell your fan base about things that you're going to do. So the TNT thing, like, you know, I don't know how much money Charles Barkley makes. Uh, I'm sure, um, you know, it's a pretty good number and and maybe even more money than he he made as a player, though he, he, he came in at the tail end of, uh, some pretty good, some pretty good uh, yearly deals, but he's going to make money in broadcasting because they want because people will want to know what he's going to say. He is so smart about basketball one hundred and one for one, so that's great for the uh, for for you know TNT. But the true key to it. Because if you watch Charles Barkley speak about the NBA, Charles Barkley's not talking about this screen here and this cut here. Charles Barkley is saying things that a generic NBA fan base who you don't have to be a gigantic fan to understand would want to hear. He's a, he's a, he's reaching basketball casuals and that's where Draymond is going to need to get to. And I think he will, because he also has a really good personality. So you know, that's why the podcast is so brilliant. That's why social media, as long as he handles that stuff, you know, really well is, uh, is going to be good for him. So yeah, he's going to be a star and uh, he is setting up, you know, these last few years of his NBA career, maybe even, you know, will, will be a little bit of a resume padding, you know, sort of like how Jalen Rose did it when he was, you know, when he was uh, retiring, he knew he was going to be done. So he's working, you know, when his team is eliminated from, from the, uh, the playoffs, then he's going to go do some other stuff. So very, very smart stuff. And, you know, Draymond yeah, and, and obviously Draymond and, 
and uh, Jalen are close, both Michigan guys. Yeah. So I, that, that, I think, that would be my my blueprint is, is Jalen Rose. I think you also have to factor in for guys like Draymond's age who have been on the same team for this long. Like, I think there is more that goes into it other than I'm on or or like there's more that goes into it than I guess just the monetary value. Like, I think for Draymond, who has two or three kids, I think, uh, you know, them being comfortable in their school area, them having friends, his wife having his her group of friends in the Bay Area. He knows his favorite restaurants that he wants to go to. He's just comfortable in this lifestyle and he's yeah. happy in this lifestyle. I think that usually takes precedent over, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand extra, a couple million, especially. Well, I mean, the, like that. I think the, the key will be a, can he get what kind of, what kind of length is he looking for in that deal? And the longer the deal, the less per year he's probably going to need to to be willing to take. So how how much is going to be enough for him to stretch the length of that deal? And I I don't know what uh, I was trying to think. What did Iguodala make? Uh, bef- what was the last year of his deal? Didn't he sign like a three for forty eight or something? Uh, remember when he was talking about signing with Sacramento and then the Warriors uh, finally brought him. Brought this is before they traded him. But like three for 48. Yeah. You know, that that's, you know, 15 million or 16 million uh, for a back end uh, of a deal where, you know, Dude, you that, got it right point, on the spot. You got what? it right on the money. Three for 48. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you know, but at, at the end of that deal, Dre wasn't like, he was just injured. Like he wasn't really playing. So you got to assume that that, could possibly be Draymond at the end of the four-year deal too, is he's just not playing as much or you're being really smart with his minutes. Um, you know, you're, you're doing the CP thing maybe where he's playing 20 minutes. I mean, just think about it. 20 minutes a game for a guy who's making $30 million a year, that could be Draymond in four years, right? 30, you know, $30 million a year and he's playing 20, 25 minutes and he's, you know, maybe helping the second unit rather than being like your, you know, your closer. So we'll see. Well, yeah. I, I'm so interested in it because I think he's a fascinating subject. He is, he is like so valuable for maybe two or three teams and the other 27 teams, I don't even think would know what to do with him. I don't think they would maximize his value in the style of basketball. Yeah. The, the, the way to, the way to get the best out of Draymond is to maximize him offensively. He's going to be a, Draymond defensively, no matter where you put him, it's just offensively getting him on the ball is is what's going to maximize him and making him do the high pick and roll, short roll to the dunker spot, corner three, floater, lob, whatever. You know, that's how you maximize him offensively. So um, I think if he ever is to leave in his career, it's to go to Detroit where he, you know, grew up or go to the Lakers uh, or the L.A. area for I think his wife, he will hit him you know, being in, in, in LA for the star power over there, the entertainment industry and his wife, doesn't she do like acting or, or directing or something? So those are the only two I could think of, but I think and he Le- stays. LeBron, LeBron plays his position. So he's not going to LA. Yeah. I don't think it would be this year. I think it would be like down the line, but I think we all know that once those, like if he lines his deal up and clay lines, the deal, his deal up with Steph, like that last year on that deal, it's like, it's probably going to suck. Um, for the Warriors, like I can't imagine they're able to be this good in three to four years. Um, well, that's where Kaminga and yeah, but that that uh, farewell tour is gonna be it's gonna be nuts. I'm gonna love that. Well, I'm gonna be sad, but it's gonna be fun. 
All right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about some more free agents. But before that, I just wanted to mention uh, the the news that came out today, which is the qualifying offer for Ty Jerome and Lester Quinones. So if anybody offers a Ty Jerome a deal, the Warriors can match. Uh, same with Lester, but uh, I think Lester's is uh, more of a, on a two-way, right? So I wonder if someone says, no, we want to give him a roster spot. I wonder if that over, you know. No one's going to do it. No, I mean, probably not, but but that. So what was that noise about Nico Mannion? I can't find anything else about the Nico Mannion thing. And I went back to Keith uh, Smith NBA's Twitter, and he didn't un- he didn't delete the tweet. He's good. Uh, Keith Smith is is the ultimate uh, salary cap CBA guy. So I mean, I trust him. But yeah, I haven't seen that anywhere else. Looks like Nico Mannion is on the Bucks summer league roster team. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, the Warriors aren't matching. The Warriors aren't bringing him back anyways. And and it, you know, it's not like Slater retweeted that. Slater retweets know. mostly stuff from the Athletic. But any any Warriors news, he would have at least uh, you know some added perspective on it i ain't seen anything from him so i wonder if did could you could it could it be possible that he got nico Mannion and ty jerome mixed up that's impossible like <laughs> there's no way maybe nico Mannion and pujemski but <laughs> not not ty jerome nico Mannion played like a pujemski for sure when uh when we had him <laughs> all right uh let's talk about the free agency stuff here now the hard part in figuring out this free agency is the Warriors can only afford minimums. So a lot of these names on this list, like Kevin Love and and Sarich, are great names. But I can't imagine that they're taking minimums to uh, to play on this team. Can you? No. Um, and I think we'll get into this, but I might as well say it now. I, I, I was thinking about that today. And the only thing I can think of is like, you know, they were saying on plus minus that what they need is for someone who is above the worth of a vet minimum to like either not get a deal or do a bet on yourself type of year and take the vet minimum with the Warriors. And I feel like the Warriors have a pretty good track track record in the past two years, I guess of getting guys on a vet minimum. And then those guys going to sign longer contracts with other teams because they played so well in the Warriors, the Warriors are able to utilize them. Well, Gary Payton, Otto Porter, Dante DiVincenzo, all three recent examples of guys who took who did the bet on themselves year with the Warriors and were able to sign longer contracts. So I think there is a chance that that a player has that same idea. Um, and there were a few that I saw. I looked up Slater's article and I was just kind of going down the list of a few that I'd be interested in. Like he put Joe Ingles in there. And mm-hmm. I was like, is there a chance that a guy like that is, is like is like worth that little now? So I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, so just going down the list, um, like every player that is on this list, I just can't imagine takes a minimum. Now, I say that with my understanding of them as players and not of the market, because what's going to happen is the second free agency begins, all these guys are going to get swooped up, and then all of a sudden all these teams are going to be in the same situation as the Warriors because they're going to max out their cap and they're going to do their best to try and stay under the luxury tax. So all of a sudden, 
there's going to be a ton of teams who are going to be in the same spot as the Warriors as the market kind of just, you know, figures itself out. So I say that, and then there's going to be somebody on these lists that, that we've seen that is going to be available. And, you know, the Warriors, by making that qualifying offer to Ty Jerome, that's sort of saying, like, there's a good chance that we may have to bring him in as number 14, at least the way that I see it. Is that the way that you see this as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I, I, yeah, but we'll, we'll see how the market pans out, I guess. is because, you know, I, I guess we just don't, there's going to be someone that falls. There's going to be someone who doesn't sign. So I, I we'll, we'll see. Okay. And, you know, the the guy who I want, and, and this is this is for the culture and because he can make the corner three. Oh, my God. Damian Lee? <laughs> no, it's for a different culture. Oh, okay, okay. It, it's for, for, for my culture. Yuta Watanabe is who I want. And so if you look at it and you wonder, wow, you know, how could you afford someone like that who's that good of a shooter? Do you know what he made last year? Nothing. 1.968 million. So if him being a free agent jumps his contract up, um, you know, I don't know what, what would jump his contract up uh, a ton if you look at what he did uh, as a player. So he, uh, his, I think his numbers were, um, uh, four point no sorry five point six points a game and two point four rebounds. So why would the Warriors want him? Well, the Warriors would want him because he's six eight with a six ten wingspan. So you could play him as a stretch four, and just have him sit in the corner and then have teams sort of try and figure out what to do. Right, like that's the strength of of having someone like Watanabe. And so I think what you look for is you look for one skill set that fits very well with the Warriors. And, you know, I think his skill set of shooting probably fits with uh, just about every team, uh, the way that the NBA works today. But to throw a little bit of uh, cold water on that number, he did shoot uh, 44.4% from three last year. Great. The year before, he only shot 34.2. So he's I'm guessing he's somewhere in the middle in in, in reality, but still, um, you know, if he shoots close to forty percent, that's a win. That's a win, but it's also the idea that you have to guard him out there. I think because that's I the think, most important thing. I think some people would say, well, you know, what about Kaminga? Kaminga shot thirty eight or whatever it was, thirty six or whatever it was last year. So they're almost the same percentage. But the thing is, is is Yuta going to draw coverage towards him? Yes. D- will Kaminga? No. They they because they'd rather let him shoot that shot than close out, and then he ends up with a dunk. So that's just the difference in 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 how that will work out. So Yuta's on my list. He he's he's very high on that list for me. Um, but as for you know, as for the forwards, like I just I just look at it and I say. You know, does 
uh, Jeff Green, who played for the Nuggets, why wouldn't he just go back to the Nuggets on a minimum deal, right? Like, yeah, that I think seems like that's what would happen. Uh, Anthony Lamb. Anthony, they may end up with Anthony Lamb no. after this thing is all said and done, just depending and going like, well, if we have a player who is comparable to Anthony Lamb on the same deal, at least we had Anthony Lamb in practice last year, and he's going to be able to go right in and play knowing <laughs> all of the plays, right? That's going to no. be the argument for for Team Anthony Lamb. So, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I also, the other person, and we've been talking about this, not only because he is a uh, a, a podcaster for The Ringer, uh, Austin Rivers. I think Austin Rivers fits the Warriors much better than, than he's ever done uh, because he was kind of like the – the Warriors hater. He's still kind of like a Steph hater based on his podcast. Um, but I think Austin Rivers fits uh in in a in a very in a very good way because you know that he's gonna be on the court, and you don't know if Steph Clay and CP are gonna be on the court. Now, what did Austin Rivers make last year? 2.9 million. So whatever the he didn't minimum play. he fell out of the Timberwolves rotation. So whatever the minimum is, I, I think he would fit that. But would he want to come to the Warriors? Well, maybe maybe he would because of Chris Paul, because they have played together. Uh, in, if they're in going the Ty Jerome, though, I, are they are they good with the guards then? Like how many more? I guess if you count Clay as a small forward, then that changes things. The, the one thing against Austin Rivers is he's, he's not going to make a lot of threes, right? 35%, so he's not awful. And he did shoot 77% uh, from the line uh, last year. But you're right. He didn't really play that much. So um, wh- why is that? Well, now now he's 30. So he's not the youngin anymore. He's not the number one the number one prospect coming out of Duke. You remember when that was happening back in the day? But um, I, think he, I think he would be somebody who Steve Kerr would trust to play hard-nosed yep. basketball. And you know the other thing about Austin? Austin wants to guard the best guy, even though he's going to get beat a lot because we've saw that we've seen this. But he's got that personality to where you know who you know who's gonna big up Austin Austin uh, Rivers here is Draymond. He's got that like you know intensity that Draymond loves. So I could see Draymond falling in love with this dude as well. So that those are my two guys. Now who knows what's gonna happen? I still think that they need a big. I've been telling you, I think they need a center um, who could defend a little bit at the rim, but I don't know. It's going to be slim pickings for for them, and I'm just hoping that some of these teams make some stupid, stupid mistakes with their money, and all of a sudden, guys get squeezed out and into the minimum. So that always happens, but we'll see who that happens to. Yeah, Um, I I like Jay Crowder. Uh, I know you love Jay Crowder. I, I'm, I'm a Jay Crowder guy. I, I like uh, he, he can shoot the ball, plays with high energy. You know how what, what, how tall is this guy? He's six six, so he's a little under undersized, but he kind of has that like he does play plays, bigger though. Plays plays bigger than his size type of thing about him. Now the only problem about bringing in Jay Crowder is that okay, we might not have too many guys that Draymond doesn't like in this locker room. <laughs> <laughs> but Jay Crowder, what is their has, beef? What is their beef? Uh, I I just think. I don't know. I feel like they both kind of play in a similar, like try to get on your nerves type of, uh, I don't know, annoying basketball sometimes. And I think they both just went at it once. I may, I actually 
couldn't I actually can't confirm if they dislike each other. I just feel like every time the Warriors play the Suns, they get into some kind of verbal mm-hmm. argument. Yeah, um, they they they're they're both the protector of their teams. Yeah, yeah. What's what's that word that you you call them? The uh, you need one of these to win a championship. It's the instigator, or is that is that what it is? Yeah, he's kind of an enforcer too. He's enforcer, like, enforcer. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Enforcer. Yeah, they're both pretty enforcers. So you you um, could see how they would probably really enjoy playing together too. It'd probably right? be great together if they were if they were fine with playing with each you're, you're other. Ta- but, you're yeah, talking Jake... me into it. If he, if he could stay healthy, you're talking me into it. Though he did make ten million last year, so he'd be yeah. coming in on a on a on sort of a, a bet. But I think at... that was a part of his multi year contract with the Suns that got moved to the Bucks. So this would be like he didn't it felt like he fell out of the rotation for the Bucks too. And on paper he seemed to have fit that team perfectly, but he wasn't able to find something with them. So I'm wondering, you know, if he's the I'm going to bet on myself guy. He's very opinionated too, right? He's very opinionated about how things go for him. So that is, he sat out. Imagine that guy sitting. (laughs) All right. So when do, when do you, I don't even know when to expect. I mean, I'm sure stuff will get announced tomorrow, but I don't think things can be official, official until next Friday. So Woj and Shams will, will be announcing stuff, but it won't happen, happen until Friday. And, uh, but I, I'm 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 assuming things are just going to happen so quickly that by the time we are at California Classic, we'll probably have a good idea of what's left yeah. and, and out there. So, um, all right, one more uh, one more segment here to talk about the summer league because you are going to be uh, going out to Vegas. You and I are going out to Sacramento on Monday to see the Warriors, the the brand new summer league Warriors, and you know I just. I don't think enough people are talking about Guy Santos. That's my other guy. If I had Guy Santos and Yuta Watanabe on on the same team <laughs> on my Warriors, that's kind of like the dream there for me to even out that bench. But uh, 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 Ben, we always bring up Ben in this podcast, but Ben said that he somebody, I guess maybe Guy himself said that he put on fifteen pounds of muscle. Yeah, that that um, you you actually quote tweeted uh, her Madeline Kenny. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tweeted that I that she must be at like practice right now, uh, asking these guys some questions. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a, I haven't seen Gee like when we saw him that one day and he dropped he's, like he's the greatest player of all time. And then he took a picture with Steph and then he gets an immediate <laughs> contract. Like that must have been the greatest day of his life. But he spends the whole year in Santa Cruz. And I think they liked him there. Like, I think they did like him. And I mean, what he profiles as is just, you know, big point guard. Maybe not the most athletic, but kind of that slow, methodical Brazilian Luca. Luca. Yeah, yeah, Brazilian Luca so. is what we what we saw. The problem is, is when he wasn't doing well, he was just ending up like falling and slipping and and throwing the ball away because bad he wasn't getting the calls and bad bad decisions. So uh, I'm interested to see what he looks like though, because we did get to see him last year, and we'll get yeah. To see I think him out again. of all like the draft and stash guys, like Smiley Geech, she wasn't draft and stash. He played. Yeah. Uh, just Justinian Jessup and and Guy Santos. Guy's Guy's skill set seems to be the most intriguing, and he, he and seemed he seems... way more like a baller than those other guys did. Agreed, agreed. I I I can't imagine like just based on what we saw last year on like yeah the the super highs, but there's also the super lows. Like I can't imagine he finds a spot on this team this year. Um, but I do hope they keep on, uh, they hold on to him because I feel like he's got some real talent. But yeah, he he just seems like he might make too many mistakes for Steve Kerr's liking. We'll get to see uh, Pajemski. 
he'll he's he's on this roster. I'm hoping that he plays in California or in the California Classic. I'm hoping he's there in Sacramento and not they just don't save him for Vegas. I think you'll like his game in person. I want to I want to see it. Uh I I'm very interested in watching him play because you know, you you draft him, and then now you're you, we're we're hearing that uh, you know he's closer to Steph's height than whatever the six five was that they told us. Um, but yeah, if he can shoot, if he's a smart player, if he can pass, I mean, I think everyone just sort of concedes that they're going to really have to protect him on defense. Um, but really, it's about the effort, right? Because you know he's Steph- not going to be as bad as Jordan Poole. I will be surprised if he's as bad or worse than Jordan Poole. Like I'll be shocked. Uh, what do you think about uh, TJD? I'm excited. Um, just, I feel like the Warriors haven't had a guy like him in a while. Someone who, another non-shooter, but is just like you know, super athletic at the rim, you know, post-game stuff. Like, I am excited to see what he does. Because it's sounding like we're kind of penciling him into the, him into the rotation. A little Ryan Rollins vibes. Yeah. But Ryan be, Rollins never really be, saw the court. And it's because you can pay him really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is that he seems to be the guy in the second round that all of my favorite draft analysts are like, oh, the Warriors got to steal like the what this. I think someone did something where it was like, you know, once a year, it seems like a second rounder makes it into one of the all rookie teams. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you guys think it'll be this year? And everyone seemed to say Trace Jackson Davis. So he was a four year player. He was one of the best players in college. He's one of those guys that, you know, just maybe the game doesn't entirely fit in, in like, I don't want to compare him to some of these guys, but you know, there's the drew Timmy of Gonzaga who was awesome at Gonzaga, but couldn't really find a spot. He, I think he's on the buck summer league team. Luca Garza, one of the best players in college a little while ago, but ends up on the Pistons, like summer league team. Like, I, I don't know if his games like that. Cause to be honest, I don't know him that well. I don't know his game that well, but I know there are those four year guys who just do so good in college, but aren't able to really find themselves in the NBA. Um, but he seems to be like, you know, those guys who I'm mentioning seem to be like the unathletic white guys. Like he's like, a, he's like an athlete who's going to, who's going to punch it down on you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited to see him. Pujemski, Lester, Guy Santos. That's all I really know really on that team. Yeah. I, I don't recognize any of these other names. Uh, there, there's a, a Javen and a Jace Johns, Johnson. Brothers? I don't, I don't, I don't know. That, two I mean, years apart. Oh uh, yeah. Year and a half apart or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Um, for you and I, because you're going to be in Vegas next week, I think we're actually going to have to go dark unless I can find a co-host for next Mm. week may have to go dark because you're going to be in Vegas. So, uh, I think what I'm going to rely on here is we're going to rely on the social media. So on, on Monday, uh, we'll, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be tweeting, we'll be putting stuff on Instagram you know, if I can, if I can get Brian to do a little bit of a reel of a recap of something, uh, maybe we'll do that for for the Instagram uh, and and the YouTube uh, the YouTube Shorts. Uh, so we're gonna try and do some of that stuff. We, you know, we're gonna be sitting there in the second row, so we'll have really great seats and uh, just gonna enjoy and 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 try and share as much as possible with Warriors fans who are not able to be there in sacramento like i kind of want i kind of want to take a picture like not next to gee like i don't need to put my arm around the guy <laughs> but kind of just like with gee in the background you know maybe like flexing the bicep a little bit more uh, i'll be interested in in, in that but we'll see uh, i think we'll have fun with it but yeah we may have to go dark but also uh for thompson to clark because of the holiday we usually record tuesday 
uh, and Tuesday's 4th of July. So Brad, uh, you know, Brad is uh, going to have some family stuff. So I would imagine that Brad and I would have to postpone Thompson to Clark next week until Thursday, which will be good because on Wednesday night, I'm going to Giants and A's at uh, at Oracle. So I'll have some firsthand, you know, my first time watching them this season in person. So. Uh, all right, we we were we were pretty tight. We had a lot of things to talk about. We got through all of it, and we're just around fifty minutes. So r- 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 tight, tight podcast. But yeah, keep in keep in touch uh, at BSPN Media on Twitter, at BSPN underscore Media on Instagram, YouTube.com front slash at BSPN for our YouTube stuff. So check in. We'll have some content, even if we won't have a podcast next week. Also, this Sunday night. I believe 5 p.m. live streaming on YouTube, me and Rod uh, talking 49ers. We're, we're still in our every other week. I mean, every other, uh, every two weeks uh, rhythm with uh, We Want Winners. We'll get closer to weekly once the preseason starts. But So we'll be back this Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific live on YouTube. And obviously the podcast will be up the next morning in the BSPN podcast feed. So that is it. For Bri, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. This is Andrew Rotondi from the Bronx Pinstripe Show. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my podcast, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's an amazing platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. So in other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or just want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. Again, wefunder.com slash bluewire.